Content warning. This episode contains graphic descriptions of sexual activity. Please listen with caution. The next morning, everyone leaves except for Cal. Cal's the last one to leave. And we are totally, totally sober. And we're sitting next to each other on the bed. And I lean over to him and he leans over to me and I look in his eyes and he looks into mine. And it happens again. A passionate, tender kiss. And he breaks away and I can tell he's he's ruminating. And he goes, you know, what about what about our girlfriends? And I turned to him and I said, Who cares right now? And we keep making out and we tear each other's clothes off. And I make this man come in 30 seconds. Shut up. 30 seconds. Welcome to Fake Names, Real Love, a series where anonymous Columbia students tell us about their experiences with love, relationships, hookups, romance, sex, friendship, and everything in between. All names have been changed to protect the privacy of those interviewed. In this episode, we're talking to James, a sophomore at Columbia College, about hooking up with his boarding school roommate, another man, while they were both in long-term relationships with women. James reveals what the sexual encounter taught him about his own sexuality, and the fact that sometimes it's better to let things in the past stay in the past. So do you want to just start off by introducing yourself um, with however much or little information as you feel comfortable with? Yeah, my name is James. I'm a sophomore in CC. Um, and I guess I would define my sexuality as bisexual. But to be politically correct, I'll say I'm pansexual because I recognize gender as a boundless, infinite identifier. So let's just start at the beginning. How did you and this person meet? So I met him my freshman year in high school in an English class. And what's his name? His name was Cal. And Cal and I went to this very, very white um, boarding school. It was a five-day boarding school. So Monday through Friday, you lived in the dorms. And then on the weekends, you would go home. So it was a nice, it was a nice mix. Um... Our sophomore year, we lived together in the dorms the entire year. And of course, because of the nature of the boarding school I went to, it wasn't the most accepting place for queer people. At, you know, having graduated, many, many people that I know now have come out. But in high school, it was a, it was a very, very difficult thing. I mean, the culture was so dominated by sports and, you know, locker room talk was a real thing um as well there's a lot of hazing i remember that would happen in the dorms and 
I was closeted throughout high school and I was always worried that had, you know, an older student found out that I was queer, that the hazing would would be really targeted at me. Were you subject to the hazing like even as a perceived straight individual? No, but I bore I bore witness to it. Um, and I also played water polo and I swam in high school and I remember in the locker rooms. I mean, these guys would say, you know, really, really repulsive things. I mean, it, it was not the kind of place that was, you know, welcoming to those kind of identities at all. Were they saying like homophobic stuff or was it more um, misogynistic or like racially targeted? What was the nature? Oh, oh it was everything. It was everything. I mean, you get a group of straight white guys in a room together and who knows what can happen. How were you um, involved in this culture? Um, I, I really regret this now, but sometimes, you know, I felt like I had to be a chameleon and, and engage in some of it. I mean, I, you know, would use you know, gay slurs, even though I, I myself was, was a queer person just because I was so, so, so terrified that if anyone, you know, even suspected anything that, you know, they would come for me. I mean, I, it was a kind of place where you didn't, you didn't really lock your doors at night. Um, because it was, you know, it was a safe community and, and there wasn't that much in my room to steal, but I would lock my door every night because I was terrified, terrified of, of, of what might happen um, if, if I had fallen asleep. And, and I, now I don't, I mean, I don't like to think about, you know, what could have happened, but it, I mean, it was, a, it was an everyday fear. And I didn't realize until college when I, you know, just lived as, as, a, as, a, as an out queer person, how, how terrified I had been, um, you know, all my life until then. When did you realize that you were queer? Sixth grade. There was a guy in my, in my advisory, in my homeroom, um, with dark features, dark eyes, dark eyebrows, and a chin that could, a, a jawline that could cut metal. So throughout this whole time in high school, you were, you were pretty sure of your sexuality. Oh, oh, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Did you talk to anyone about it? No, never, never. It was a solitary experience, my queerness. I mean, I would go to bed watching RuPaul's Drag Race underneath my covers. <laughs> oh, my God. Did Cal ever speak with you about his no. queerness? Never. I didn't know Cal was queer until the summer after our sophomore year. Our sophomore year, we lived together. And in the summer, I had a little 4th of July uh, festivity at my house. I invited, invited some friends over. Um, and it was, we were getting that part of high school where we were, we were sort of covertly drinking in basements, right? Um, and this particular night, it was about maybe six or seven of us in a room. And we had a, dis a bottle of disgusting, abhorrent Svedka. And the night um, diverged into a game of, of tr truth or dare. Classic. But there was no truth. It was only dare. And the dares were restricted to daring other people to kiss each other. 
and it was it was incredible. It was so much fun. Um, what was the gender makeup of this group? It was half girls, half guys. Were people mostly daring each other to kiss the opposite gender, or was it very open and free? It was mostly it was mostly heterosexual. If it was homosexual. It, it was it was among friends, right? So I kissed I I I pecked my best friend and it was it was very nice but incredibly platonic. And I was dared to kiss Cal. And I kissed Cal on my end, incredibly platonic, but I guess I I I rustled something in him because as the night went on and the lights got dimmer and dimmer, he was starting to get a little handsy. Which was kind of welcome. I mean, and bear in mind, up until this point, I had never had any any gay experience. Never, never, never. Had you and Cal had any tension? No, no, not at all. It was it was totally unexpected. I mean that, but that's what made it so exciting. It it, it heightened it so much. And at the same time, we were both in heterosexual relationships. <gasps> So I was gonna, the next question I was going to ask was, had you had sex with anyone before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I had lost my virginity that the Valentine's Day of that year. Wow. But that was to someone identifying as a woman. Yes. Yes, it was. But you still knew that you were queer at the time. Did yeah. you ever talk to her about it? No, she would ask me, but I would, I would deny it. So you and Cal... We're getting a little handsy. How were people reacting? The lights were so dim, no one knew. Ah, oh, were your um, girlfriends there? My girl, my girlfriend was not there. <laughs> I mean, my girlfriend was incredibly against smoking culture, drinking culture, partying culture, and so even though I was by this point, I had dated her for almost for more than two years, but me being the degenerate that I am had engaged in this in this subversive party culture, um, unbeknownst to her. And so it felt like I was living a double life. And that, also with me being queer, I felt like a I felt like a KGB agent in <laughs> in the depths of Tennessee. So how did the night progress? So we got very very handsy. Very, very handsy. Um, and I made an excuse. We were in the basement, my unfinished basement. I made the excuse of, okay, I think I'm going to head to bed. Consequently, Cal makes the same excuse. So the two of us sneak up to my room. Once we get to my room, slam the door, and I've never passionately kissed someone ever before like that like i had that night not even your girlfriend not even my girlfriend i don't know if it was the combination of it was the first guy i'd ever made out with or the fact that it was my roommate it was my it was my friend that i, I didn't know or because no because we were both in relationships that it felt so wrong it was right what happened next? So we're passionately making out, and my other friend walks in the room. But the lights are the lights are 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 
gone. There's you you can't see anything. Like it's pitch black. It is pitch black. Pitch pitch black. And once we know he once we hear the doorknob creak, we throw each other apart and we go to bed. We go to bed. The next morning, everyone leaves except for Cal. Cal's the last one to leave. And we are totally, totally sober. And we're sitting next to each other on the bed. And I lean over to him, and he leans over to me, and I look in his eyes, and he looks into mine. And it happens again. A passionate, tender kiss. And he breaks away, and I can tell he's he's ruminating. And he goes, you know, what about... What about our girlfriends? And I turned to him and I said, Who cares right now? And we keep making out. And we tear each other's clothes off. And I make this man come in 30 seconds. Shut um, 30 seconds. I My first blowjob ever. <laughs> my first blowjob ever. Either this man was excited, was as, as excited as I was, or my Gluck Gluck 3000 reaches new heights. That's crazy. Was it also his first time with a guy? Yes. I, th- I, I Actually, I don't know. I don't know if it was his first time. But I, I'm imagining it was given his, his, um, his, his, his reaction, ke- his keenness. <laughs> Did he reciprocate? Oh yeah, oh yeah, he reciprocated. Did you last a little longer? Uh, yes, yes I, did. <laughs> I did. I wanted, I wanted to prolong the experience. As one does. As one does. But at the end, at the end, we cleaned each other off. We watch some Minecraft videos. Oh my god. <laughs> and his mother comes picks comes to pick him up and he leaves. And guess what? What? I roomed with him the entire next year, our junior year. And to this day, we have never talked about it. Oh my god. Do how do you live with someone for an entire year and never bring that up? Did you want to? Yes and no. Because this is my first, you know, gay experience. Um, and I had just cheated on my girlfriend. Right? So <laughs> yeah. there are a lot of emotion, emotions immediately after he he left my garage, right? Um, I remember very, very distinctly feeling such an intense sensation of disgust. Not with him, but with, I don't know, with my, with myself. And I've thought about this over the years. I mean, now it's been four years, right? Um, and I'm incredibly secure in my sexuality. And I thought I was secure in my sexuality then. You know, even though I was closeted, like I knew 
And I thought to some degree I, I, I was okay with that. And I had, I had just, you know, as, as much as I could embraced it. But I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't realize how entrenched my internalized homophobia was because I was, I was so disgusted with myself. Do you think it was more about the fact that you cheated on your girlfriend or do you think it was more about the fact that it was a like gay experience? I'd like to say it was because I cheated on my girlfriend because that's that's easier, right? But it was it was not. I mean, I I was trying to find a way to break up with her for for, for months by this point. Actually, by this point I had cheated on her with four other people. Did you ever tell her or did you just oh, no. break up with her. Oh no, I never told her. Never told her. She actually found out I smoked weed and demanded I tell her every time I lied to her. So I told her every bong rip I took, every edible I had, every every fedka I downed. Um and that was a lot of fun because at this point I cared so incredibly little about about what she thought about me. She sounds like a joy to be around. Do you think that anything will ever happen between you and Cal again? I like to think it would because I think that would be incredibly cinematic. I think it would be too. But at the same time, I think it's just as cinematic that it, that that experience, that that moment exists and is constrained to that time. Because I think about it so incredibly fondly because I, I realize so much about myself that I, you know, still needed time to to accept my sexuality to be okay with it to know that if i were to have those experiences that they would be that they would be validating instead of inducing so much negative energy negative mental energy if that makes sense what did you learn from this experience with Cal, both the actual sex act, but also the way that it was treated by you both after and having to return to the unwelcoming environment that is your, or that was your high school. Well, it was the first time I touched a penis that wasn't attached to my own body. And it, it showed me how much I liked how much I liked penises. It simply further entrenched my mind that I am a queer person. At the same time, it made it it made me question how okay I was with that. And I had many years to 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 think about that before I would have another experience. And so by the time I had. Um, another experience with uh, an experience with another man um, in college I was so incredibly secure with in, in who I was and what I what I liked um, and that's something that's really invaluable to me that's why I think I, I'm okay with it existing in the past because it it, it, in, it informed my present self and it would I don't know it'd be strange to to return to that. I mean, what would I be seeking? 
like sexual gratification. Closure. Closure. I don't know. I feel like I've gained closure in in just a mutual understanding, even from afar in social media. I know he's doing well. Maybe he had the same takeaways as I did. Figuring out your sexuality looks different for everyone. A lot of queer people share James's experience of secret sexual encounters and internalized homophobia. For so many, our first sexual experiences blur the lines between platonic and romantic love, just like James and Cal. Through the encounter that he had with Cal, James was able to become more sure of his sexuality while confounding what he already knew about himself. The fact that the two never spoke about the experience reflects the culture of shame and internalized homophobia that permeates so many spaces to this day. Thanks for tuning in to Fake Names Real Love. If you have a story about love, relationships, hookups, romance, sex, friendship, or anything in between, you can email me at podcasts at columbiaspectator.com.